Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. Georgia's got a new commitment. We're going to do picks. Short and sweet, short and simple. Not going to be with you very long today, but we got a lot of stuff we want to go over. And Rusty, let's just go ahead and get to it. Carlson Madden, outside linebacker, edge rusher, uh, Cedar Grove High School. Georgia's gotten some dudes out of there here recently. Talk to us about that commitment, what it means for Georgia's class. Actually, been a silent for a little while on him. Uh, maybe probably about a month, month and a half. He's been a silent. Wanted to do it, uh, you know, as football season started a little bit. This is a guy that was uh, transferred from Arabia Mountain to Cedar Grove, and um, w- was unable to get eligible last year. Did his, you know, did did what he had to do. Set out. He played a couple of JV games, and that was pretty much it as a junior. So. You come into a COVID year, you can't go to any kind of camp. First time I saw him was in twenty uh, July of 2020. We had a camp at the end of the summer, and this young man came up, Cedar Grove staff brought him up. We looked at him, first time I'd seen him, you know, marked his name down, made a profile, didn't think much about him because he didn't get to play last year. And, uh, you know, Georgia staff gets a chance to see him for the first time at uh, at camp early in, Ju- in June. Then he comes back at the seven on seven with his team, uh, Cedar Grove and Georgia worked him out again and got a chance to watch him compete all day and run around. I see him at the Kennesaw state mega camp. I'm standing there, Barry Odom from Arkansas coaches from Florida coaches from Miami are all standing there. And when you got about 300 kids in a group like that, and you got one guy that stands out, looks different. Uh, you know, that early June for Carlton Madden, he kind of blew up. You know, Auburn, Tennessee, Georgia, he started getting offers from everywhere. And, uh, you know, he started out, he's playing. Here's one thing. He played inside backer early on in the year for Cedar Grove because they needed somebody to time. I was there at practice yesterday watching him, and he is now – hope I'm not giving away a scouting report. He's now playing his more natural position of outside linebacker rush in. So I suspect, I suspect he'll have a really good rest of the season for Cedar Grove, ranked number one in the state of Georgia. And AAA, I suspect he has a really good season. He is, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, he's a violent pass rusher. Uh, spoke with Andrew Ivins, our Southeast um, um, manager for our Southeast recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. And I love the comparison of Britton Cox. Now, Georgia fans, obviously not happy that Brent Cox is no longer at Georgia, but I'll say as far as on the field, uh, he's a long, you know, 240-pound guy. Uh, he's physical, can set the edge, rush. I think his best playing days are ahead of him, and I think he got to take into effect. You know, he kind of missed his junior year, went through a COVID, COVID year, didn't get to camp. So this is a, this is a product uh, player of someone that kind of got lost in the shuffle, got ineligible, and he has certainly made up for it, and he is in the 2022 class. Uh, for the University of Georgia. 
Kip, what are you, what's your take on Carlton Madden as a player and what it means to Georgia's class? Well, I think it's, you know, there are some similarities like last year with A.D. Mitchell. I mean, if Georgia gets a guy in camp and or gets to be able to see a guy work out, I mean, their eval is going to change. And that's the thing that kind of stood out to me. Obviously, when, when Rusty and everyone verif- verified his size and being, you know, 6'3 and pushing 240, that was that was a big, you know, a big jump from where, where he was last year. The guy had The guy had a growth spurt. And that length, that gives you that better uh, ability to project in, in Georgia's defense, you know, being an edge defender and an outside backer in, in Georgia's scheme. Everywhere that, that Carlton Madden uh, camps, I mean, he got an offer, basically. You know, he, he goes to Tennessee, they offer, goes to Ole Miss, they offer. You know, if, if schools see him in person, they knew to offer him. So I just think, you know, that says a lot about, again, how important June and July were for these schools. And, you know, it's still crazy to think they only had basically the one weekend in July to get guys back on campus. But, you know, the schools tried to maximize the weeks that they had. June was was pretty insane with with guys just basically doing a year's worth of visits in one month and then getting that one week in July. Those eval periods were just really, really, really valuable and important. And and Georgia's really, really taken advantage of that with, with, getting a guy like Madden in the class and just where they are overall now, having 17 commitments in this group, a lot of these guys are from, you know, the, those evals over the summer. We, we know that Dan Lanning needed multiple edge defenders. You know, now they got a, a couple guys in Madden and and um, now they can kind of change their focus and, and, and look at N.I. White, who just happens to – he's going to be in town coming back to Athens – this weekend out of Philadelphia, out of a program that, you know, Georgia's recruited very hard in the last couple of cycles, had a transfer from there uh, and Tyke Smith. And, and so, you know, having an eye white in town and, and really only having one edge defender spot that you need to fill, I think that's pretty advantageous for Dan Lanning. And if you're able to land a guy like that, a top 50 prospect in the country, and pair him with Madden and, and Darius Smith, kind of the, the forgotten guy out there and and Applin County, been committed to Georgia since December. A guy that has kind of that Leonard Floyd type frame and, and doesn't get a lot of attention just because he plays out of a you know a smaller program in Baxley, Georgia. But Dan Lanning could be looking at a very, very solid edge defender class. And I just looking at Georgia's roster, that was a position where where Georgia definitely needed some numbers because you got a lot of guys that are going to be draft eligible and, and 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 leaving the program if Nolan Smith has a big year you know Adam Anderson obviously will will be playing in the NFL next year so you got some big guys you need to replace in that room and and, and Georgia's on their way to, to kind of fill in those those uh, gaps in the position room with some talented guys for the future yeah and you've also got CJ Washington and Jalen Walker excuse me who uh, may have some scheme versatility there as well. Um, at, at that edge rushing position, I mean, I think both of those guys may may project a little bit better at inside linebacker. But uh, it's, it's also a situation that you know Georgia's still got some horses on the on the table for the rest of this defensive class. I mean, they're 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 all over Michael Williams. Uh, Michael Williams. They're all over uh, uh, the other kid from Cedar Grove, Christian uh, Miller. Miller. Um, Miller. Right. Uh, they're they're uh, you know you got um, the Kamari Wilson kid out of IMG Academy at safety. Uh, you know, uh, Shamar Stewart, a guy that they're still recruiting. You mentioned White. 
as another guy. Uh, you know, Walter Walter Nolan is still out there, I believe. So you've got a lot of guys still left to recruit. A lot of guys in the front seven, but a lot of guys still left that are that could possibly really put this class over the top. It's ranked uh, number four nationally right now, 0.35 points behind Texas. And it's there, there's still a lot of meat left on the bone in this class on the defensive side, Rusty. And I guess you could say that on the offensive side too, because you got Luther Burden who's going to be making a decision in October, and Georgia may have a little momentum there. Uh, who do you who could be next? I mean, I, listen, I'm not holding your feet to the fire, Rusty. I'm not saying mm-hmm. tell us who's next, but who who could you see maybe being the next guy to join this class for Georgia? Well, certainly, I kind of have been leaning toward Oscar Delp. Uh, the tight end out of West Forsyth, uh, 2022 target, major target. By the way, I talked to some parents. Uh, they beat Walton, and Walton's one of the top teams in the state right now in 7A, and they beat Walton in a shootout this past weekend. And I talked to a parent yesterday at Walton that told me, man, Oscar Delp is a grown man because the difference in what we saw last year versus what we saw out of him the other night, how physical he is, how big he is, how much of a mismatch problem he is. Now he went to Clemson this past weekend, so – uh, Clemson's still involved here. South Carolina, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of ties with his family, mother, big time South Carolina fan. So you look at those situations, a lot of ties uh, to, to Columbia. Now, uh, I think Todd Hartley's done a really good job here. And if I have to say, if I had to predict anywhere right now, I would say Georgia. Don't know that 100%. But kind of the deal with him, I thought he was going to have his decision over with sometime in September. Uh, talked to some people at West Forsyth earlier this week, and that's probably not the case right now. So this thing could get into October. It could get into a couple more visits. I know this. He'll be at Georgia again this weekend. Had a chance to see Georgia play Clemson in Charlotte. He'll be here with Gunnar Stockton. Gunnar Stockton is coming down to hang out with Oscar Depp this weekend. They're good friends. Played together on Hustle Link 7-on-7 out of Atlanta. So, you know, if you start looking at guys that could jump into the mix, uh, you know, pretty soon, I think Oscar Depp's a guy you want to keep an eye on. I really can't say anything about the silent commit they got this week. I'll leave that one out. Uh, that somebody I really, really like as a player. We'll see how that goes and when he becomes public. But uh, Georgia Bulldog fans, I think there's a lot going on with. Uh, I think there's a lot going on with. Um, you know, this recruiting class, and as you certainly went down the list right there, I think there's a lot of meat left on the bone for Georgia in this recruiting class, and I expect Kirby Smart and those guys to do what they do well, and that's finish strong in December. Absolutely. Kip, who do you think's next? Oscars mentioned a lot, you know, end of the month, maybe early, early next month as far as announcing decisions. That's kind of the the easy one with just with, you know, him kind of maybe being a little bit little bit closer than Luther Burden. But I do want to point out it's getting really interesting with, with Georgia's offensive line class. You know, they got a couple of guys in the you know already in the boat. And Griffin Scroggs and Jacob Hood, but their last potentially their last two targets on the offensive line are both going to be in Athens this weekend on official visits. And you got Ernest Green from St. John Bosco, California, a guy that's a top 100 prospect that a lot of people thought Ohio State was kind of the team to beat there. But Georgia seems to be getting some momentum there behind the scenes for for him, and and you know. Some people think they might have the lead for him, but they're getting him on campus. And then you also have Elijah Pritchett from Carver uh, Columbus High School. Obviously, Dale McGee with the strong connections there, being the you know the former head coach at, at Carver Columbus, always had prospects there every year. Well, he's another top 100 prospect that's going to be announcing his commitment September 28th. And you know, Florida State's been mentioned a lot with him. 
Alabama also strong in the mix. Both teams have both schools had them on campus for official visits back in June, but I mean Georgia gets their shot uh, this weekend with Elijah Pritchett. So we we all talked about this this O line class and how you know there wasn't a lot of depth nationally, but you know I, I do think that right now Georgia has a chance and Matt Luke has a chance to really finish strong here. And if he lands one of these guys, landing a top one hundred prospect to the guys he's already got you know, on board, it'd be a really, really strong class for him. All right, guys, smoke them if you got them, because we're about to take a break. Let's uh, jump into that real quick, and we'll uh, talk on the other side. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> hey man, Jordan hit that button before he got off the nose. He got off the nose. Yeah. Jordan's like, let me get these guys off the air. They're about to they're about to lose it. This thing's about to come unglued. Let's make some Kamado Joe. Who are we yeah, who are we sponsored by? I need to know that. Marlboro. <laughs> American <laughs> spirit. Uh, hey, so let's do some picks. Let's let's do some picks. Uh, Georgia, South Carolina. I'm not exactly sure. Kip, you might know better than me. What's the line right now? Uh, I think it's 31 and a half last I looked. Okay. All right. So not, not that I'm watching it, but it went up to 32 last night, and this morning it's 31 and a half. Yeah. Rusty's waiting for it to get down to 29. So oh, can, yeah, you can probably out. find either one of those lines right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, obviously not picking against the spread or anything like that. I mean, I guess your score prediction is basically your pick against the spread or whatever. But, uh, Rusty, let's start with you, man. Um, player of the game, who do you think is going to be the biggest contributor to, uh, you know, your result? And then uh, what's, what's your score pick for this Saturday? Um, I'll go score first, and I'll say um, I think this is going to be – you know, Georgia jumped all over UAB last week, and that thing got out of hand pretty quick. I think this one's going to hang around a little bit longer. Uh, I think Georgia pulls away uh, in the second half. I don't think we have to get into too deep of roster breakdowns and those types of things. We've talked about that earlier in the week. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia 44-10, to 10, and I think South Carolina finds a way to, to get one in at some point and, uh, on Saturday night. And uh, my player of the game, I'm still going to come back to him. I'm going to go two weeks in a row because – I just feel like at some point this guy's going to uh, you know get enough carries to get lathered up and kind of and, and kind of uh, break out. Uh, I'm a firm believer in Zamir White what he does and how tough he is, but I think Kendall Milton gives you a little bit more uh, just kind of a juice there with him. 
it's such a great, uh, you know, options to have Zamir White, Kendall Milton, Kenny McIntosh, those types. I'm going to go Kendall Milton one more time. I'm going to go back-to-back weeks. Um, and I, I think that Kendall Milton's a guy that uh, sooner or later he's going to break out and have that 100, 125-yard game. And uh, I really just think his best playing days are ahead, and I think he gets started this weekend Saturday night. If it's raining a little bit, uh, you know, you're going to run the ball a little bit more. So I'm, I'm going to go with Kendall Milton to have a big game uh, and be player of the game. Kip, who you got, man? Let's get, let's have it. I think this one's going to be real sloppy, and it, I think that for South Carolina, the young team coming into Athens late at night, their best chance is going to be to take take some chances early and try to push that ball downfield and maybe catch Georgia sleep a little bit. I just think it's going to it, with the penalties and their ability to, to put the ball on the ground, turn it over. I think it's it's going to they're going to get behind the sticks real bad, real early in this game. You know, I, I think Georgia, we, we've talked about it last week. I think Georgia, again, should be able to, you know, run the ball effectively in this game and, and kind of pad the lead early on. Obviously, I said that last week and what happened to the air assault happened early and often in that game. But it just it just with all, all the signs of this game and, and you're looking at South Carolina defensively, I just don't think you know, they're going to be able to, to stay with Georgia in the second and third quarter of this game. I, I do think that so if you're South Carolina, you're trying to get the third down defensively because they've the, the stat that stood out to me is they only allowed two third down conversions and in, in, in 24 third downs so far this year. Uh, if that's not best in the country, it's got to be close. So their defensive line is obviously strength, but I just don't think that they're going to have the depth there. And obviously, we've talked about the, the teams they've played. You can't you can't take a lot from that, but that is what they do well. But I, I just think that in that second and third quarter, it'll start to get away from them. You know, I, I like Georgia to w- win this game. I'll say 38-7, so not covering. Right on. Hit. Right on that thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, – I think uh, – I just think that in the third and fourth quarter, you can kind of, you know, you can call off the dogs a little bit and make sure that you stay healthy and just get ready for next week. You know, maybe get some other guys in there. But for me, player of the game, you know, I'm going to go, I guess, maybe a little off the grid. I just think chances for turnovers in this game are going to be readily available. You know, I, I like a guy like Latavius Brainy to, to get in there and either uh, get a, you know, take a pick back or have a scoop and score to scoop one up. And, you know, maybe uh, Marshawn Lloyd puts it on the ground. I, I think I saw uh, Josh Van. I mean, he 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 lost the ball at the one-yard line. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you just can't do that in a game like this and hope to be competitive. But I do think that's going to be South Carolina's undoing when all is said and done. You know, you brought up Josh Van a couple times, and I'm glad you brought it up, like, right there at the end there because – Josh Van is a little bit of a different wide receiver than Georgia's kind of had to deal with this year. They've dealt with a lot of big wideouts, and Josh Van's not 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 a small guy by any means, but more of a quick, twitchy, uh, you know, slot type. Uh, but he can play other positions, and I'm interested to see long for Georgia's long term, you know, future as a team, how they kind of handle that type of receiver because their big cornerbacks have done a tremendous job against big wide receivers thus far. How are they going to handle a guy like Josh Van? The number that stands out to me in this game is 13. I keep getting it in my head, 13. Because that's when this game's over, I think that's going to be Georgia's quarter streak without giving up a touchdown. Wow. I think Georgia's not going to give up a touchdown in this one. I 
I think Georgia's not going to give up a touchdown this season until October, Georgia's defense. Wow. Uh, I, I, I like them to keep Vanderbilt and South Carolina at the end zone. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on this defense. I, I just think it's that good. I think it's that kind of physically imposing. I think a lot of coaches are going to coach themselves out of, out of some game plans and out of some potential out of concern and maybe some intimidation from Georgia's defensive line. And I'm not saying that in any sort of braggadocious type of way for the team I cover. I just think it's that that good of a defensive line. And, um, you know, obviously uh, there's a very good chance I'm going to end up being wrong here, and I'm, I'm okay with that, but that's just the way I see it right now. Um, I like Georgia to win this game uh, and kind of going away. I kind of agree with you guys. I think it's going to maybe be a little bit more of a hangaround factor than, than UAB had. I think South Carolina is going to come out with a lot of energy. But listen – Georgia's players and coaches and everybody can talk about how they don't remember the last time South Carolina came into that stadium and ripped up hedges and upset them and, and put them in a bad spot and, and you know, made everybody have to kind of come and do their, their whole, you know, uh, all the goals are still under on the table speech after that game. They, they can say that they don't think about that all they want. They do. And I think Georgia's effort focused. I think the Bulldogs will come out playing well. And I think this one's going to be Georgia's in control at halftime. Georgia wins big because of a big second half and there's some fourth quarter reps to go around. I like Georgia winning this thing 42 to six. Uh, um, I, I think that Georgia does give up some yards, maybe, maybe their highest yardage output all year when all is said and done because of the finish to the game. Uh, but I just can't see South Carolina really getting into the end zone against this team because this team's so hard to run the ball against. And it's really tough to do anything against them when you get in the red zone. And uh, that's, uh, that's my prog- prognosis, I guess, or prediction for that. And then uh, my player of the game, I don't know, man. This one has been tough, and I've gone back and forth on it a few times. Uh, I think this is the game where we see Lab McConkey kind of come alive. I, I think this is the one where he, I think this is the game we see where where he's going to catch a he's going to catch him a little screen or one of those leak out passes and take it for big yardage. I think you're going to see some shots to him down the field. We didn't see it last week against Stetson Bennett because it was that over the top stuff. But listen. Stetson Bennett, and it's the guy I think will probably play quarterback on Saturday if I had to pick today, loves his slot receiver. Think about what Kiaris Jackson did last season early on with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. I think you may see Stetson like Bennett come back to that and uh, Lab McConkey kind of have a big game, maybe five catches, 85, 90 yards, and uh, maybe the first touchdown of his career. So that is my pick. Any pardon shots, anything you want to throw out there before the game? Wild card. No explanation. You got to pick one or the other. No explanation. Oh, here he goes. Ambush. I always right. is ambush. We don't plan these, so here you go. Kip, who you got? Auburn my, uh, plus six or Penn State minus six? I got Penn State. Jake? I, I got Penn State to win. I got Auburn, my, I, but I'm taking Auburn against the points. I'm, well, I, I'm, getting, I, I'm taking Auburn in the points. I think Auburn's going to win this game on the road. I think <laughs> Bo Nix and those guys got a little bit of momentum, and I'm not sold completely on – Penn State, but just want to throw that in there for us, and I think that's going to be a game, another game to watch as well. Um, you know, in the SEC this week, so I'm good, man. I'm excited about this weekend. It's going to be a huge recruiting, uh, you know, visit list. Obviously, when you when you bring in Arch Manning, it becomes it ramps yeah. up a little bit. You know, you look there and you got Gunnar Stockton sitting there recruiting Oscar Delp, and you know you sit in the same section with Arch Manning. These guys have been through this; they know these deals, so. Uh, Georgia certainly has their quarterback commit there this weekend, helping recruit, and they're trying to recruit the next one, so it never stops. Yeah, and I'm going to start hydrating this weekend because we've got Nashville next weekend. 
And, Nashville uh, next Friday, we will be there. Uh, Kip's already Kip's already sweating. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that more uh, as the week goes on. We got a big deal with Six Eight the Fan in Atlanta next week. Uh, we're gonna have some guys from Twenty Four Seven stop in. Potentially Josh Pate. Um, everybody can wear your white uh, your wife uh, medium your white's mediums uh, uh, next Friday night, and you know. So we'll see what happens, but uh, we'll talk more about that next week. But big game this weekend between the hedges. Uh, big visit list. Me and Kemp are doing our best Sunday to get everybody and then Sunday and Monday. But other than that, guys, I'm good if you are. All right, guys. Junkyard Dogcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Powered by Dogs 24-7. These guys will be back with you Saturday night after the game to recap the action and give their opinions. And then we'll be back with you on Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, and next week. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, that's all we got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. You all take it easy. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.